Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. And I'm Brian Cohn from B. Cone Knives. I'm a young maker, and I work both. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. What? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Hey, How's hey, we're back back in welcome. the Work For It podcast. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back to the Work For It podcast right here on the Makery Podcasting Network. Oh, yeah. This is Podcast Network, right? That's all yes, that's it on is. the Makery to date anyway. Uh, if you've not checked out the Makery uh, podcast offerings in a while... Give it a look. Uh, there are so many great podcasts to go yeah, listen to. Holy cow. So many. There's There's been an ebb and a flow that I've noticed. There are a few that did a couple episodes and sort of petered out, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but there's still some just awesome content. Jeff Fader is killing it. Killing yes, it with his interviewing uh uh, of different makers in the community and it's man he digs so deep but yes but he not does too deep you know like sometimes those interviews go like like the guy's clearly trying to make the other person cry <laughs> <laughs> and i don't feel like jeff's ever trying to make anybody cry no he's but trying he's to, such like, a great interviewer info. he just yeah. he just knows how to you know, keep the conversation going, keep it light, but also get a lot of really interesting things out yeah. of the person that he's talking to. It's fantastic. Speaking of Jeff Fader, I had the opportunity to have a quick conversation with him. Oh, nice. So, yeah, um, earlier this week, um, so I was just finishing up my last week's batch of knives, and um, I made a set for myself out of a couple different um, regular to- or steels, so like, I had two that were W2 and one that was 1070 or yeah, 1075, 10, whatever. It's a 10 series steel. But anyways, I tried to do a uh, force patina on it with mustard Uh, and it came out. Yeah, it came out really icky. Like it it just was really disgusting looking, very blotchy. And I sent him a quick video. I just kind of did a little quick one minute. Hey, thank you for all of your, you know, great content. You're a great guy. Hey, quick question, if you don't mind, um, what is your process for a force patina? Because this looks like shit. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he basically just told me to shoot him my phone number and he gave me a call and I got to have a quick conversation. He he shared his process with me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't. I awesome. said that I got off the phone quickly because, you know, I, I don't want to waste his time. Yeah, he's a very like, business yeah. guy or he's a very busy guy. 
But realistically, it was because I was kind of starstruck and kind of <laughs> a little bit like <laughs> I could tell you know, I was about to start fumbling over my words. Right? And <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, I yeah. think that's like one of the one of the least appreciated but potentially greatest things about Instagram. Right. Is if, if you have a public Instagram account, you have a public phone number, basically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, for sure. You can reach out to anybody, just about anybody. Right. And I think by default, I think this is still the case, but it's been a long while since I created my Instagram account. But I think Instagram, it's set by default to a public account. So you actually have to choose to make it private. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, there's a ton of people that just end up leaving it public, you know? Um, but I think about that a lot, you know, like if you want to collaborate with another maker or you want to reach out to Jimmy Duresta and, and, you know, tell him he's a knucklehead or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't suggest to go in that route. I, know. Mean, <laughs> I mean, this is how I got here is that I reached out to yeah. you to try to, you know, yeah. send a knife off to you. And we, yep. we did this collaboration or we're, we're working on this collaboration of the shop knife and a hundred percent one thing left like, to another. And here I am. Look at that. Yeah. And I think, so to me, that's, um, that's pretty powerful. I think Twitter was the first of the social media apps to do this, to, to say every, you can, you can call anybody or you could message anybody. Right. And, and, uh, I was definitely glad cause I remembered that from Twitter. And when I moved to Instagram, I can remember thinking like that, see, this is brilliant mm-hmm. because otherwise it just gets elitist and you sure. have to have this Remember like Google had their little uh, you know, wet fart <laughs> See, uh, social I, media network. That I never really failed. did Twitter, so I, I'm not really big on that platform. I've never, yeah, yeah I've never no, yeah. on it either. But it was like, there are a few of those things. The other thing I really appreciated about Twitter, um, so I do a lot of geeky data work for my day job, and um, Twitter is very easy to mine for data. So... Well, that's kind of scary. <laughs> it is, yeah. And and so their their API is very open, which means you can you can write pretty simplistic code to search for whatever the hell you want in the mass database of Twitter. I can't remember how many millions of tweets go through that stream like every minute, but it's insanity. Yeah. Um, we actually <laughs> wrote an app. Um, so I work technically for a research station. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, I would say eh, 30 to 40% of what I do is like true researchy research stuff. <laughs> the other 70 to 60 to 70% is like actual wildland fire support. But uh, so a few years ago now, we wrote an app that would mine Twitter for tweets about wildfires. Okay. And, and what we were trying to do is figure out, like, could we build an early warning system based on Twitter data in right, places because like California? Or- if Twitter gives you a location of where that was tweeted and yeah. there's a person that's tweeting, there's a wildfire outside, like that would, that would be pretty, yep. you know, easy to create a map. Yep. With yeah, so with that's the public just throwing you that information in. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it it was really cool, and it still is. It's still running. Um, although the tech is getting a little old now. Three years is getting old. Right. Um, but yeah, so this thing would go out and scour. We had all these keywords. 
you wouldn't believe the number of exclusion terms. So excluding data, the number of the number of different um, phrases and terms we had to put in there to get mm-hmm. bed and sex references off uh, off of the. You know, like <laughs> I was like a fucking wildfire last night, baby. Oh jeez. <laughs> Just like well, isn't that the internet though? Yeah, it's the internet. But yeah. Hey. Anyway. We kind of just jumped right in here, but I'm going to back up for just two seconds because obviously there are just two B's on the 3B podcast today. (laughs) Brian House, the the butler has taken over the house. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) So Brian is out today. First of all, this is late and I want to apologize for that. We, um... Just, man, it is that time of year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everybody's just been like running ragged, three sheets to the wind, just, you know, like hound dogs chasing yeah. chasing projects and chasing for sure, for sure. Uh, money and everything else. But, but Brian's tied up um, with some business stuff that he could not get away from or for out sure. of. So well, here we are, yeah. the second string. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, so making it's been it good. Making it work. Um, how about it? Yeah, it's it's been good. It's been a, a one of the more interesting summers uh, on record for me. But what's going on over over in your neck of the woods, man? Oh, my gosh. So this week has been crazy for me. So obviously, um, I, I just talked about finishing up a batch of knives. So I was working hard on getting that batch finished. Had that brief conversation with Jeff Fader, which, again, it doesn't even seem real. I don't know about you. I I always get like whenever I whenever I have conversation with I mean, before it was having conversation with you and Brian and now, you know, (laughs) speaking to just these high, you know, level people. um, Yeah, I I get like so much of that, um, like imposter syndrome. Do you you ever do you have to deal with that as well? Is that just me? I will. (laughs) I will tell you, I believe, and I and and I now believe it pretty firmly, that imposter syndrome is the only thing preventing me from growth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, no, I, totally I get it, a hundred percent. In fact, it was three or four months ago. Um, one one day, I happened to do stories for a change, mm-hmm. and then I and then I happened to also look at the analytics for the stories. So, you know, if you're watching your own story and you kind of swipe up, mm-hmm. then you can see how many people viewed each, uh, each well, that's segment. a fun fact I didn't know. Yeah. 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 Yikes. So yeah. If you're, that sounds like something I should know by now. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's not well known. So are, are you on a creator account or a business account? Or I think I'm under a business account. Okay. So, each one gives you a little bit different um, analytics. So uh-huh. a business account will give you different analytics than a creator account. The other key thing about the difference between those two is that a business account has about a tenth of the music available in reels. Good to know. So if you're if you're wanting to take advantage of like all the cool hipster music yeah. uh, in, in reels, switch to a creator account for sure. and that gives you more now yeah, i'll definitely look into that there used to be folks that would say man i they, they switch every quarter you know because instagram sometimes preferentially treats business accounts 
better wow. than and I, I i don't know i've had I my account know, at a creator for a long for a while now i switched it to a business and then i was like why the frick can i find any music and then yeah. i read there's nothing available but but yeah but anyways syndrome to, is real for sure <laughs> but anyways to continue on with my week yeah. update so this past weekend, I had a cousin get married. So my brother was up from Nashville, who I haven't seen since Christmas. So that was really nice, nice to uh, spend some time with him. He yeah. he brought up the knives I made for him. So it was kind of cool to see how they've been, uh, you know, progressing. He yeah. he works um, in Nashville, um, basically pretty much as high up of the the uh, food industry as you can get. He nice. uh, he just he was working for the Predators, like making all of the uh, the Nashville Predators meals. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. Actually, like to, when they were going to playoffs, uh, they had a bunch of people get COVID. So oh, they cool. what was normally like a 20 person team was like a seven person team. No shit. So he was working like 80, 90 hour weeks cooking. <laughs> <I can't laughs> so it's it really cool to see my knives hold up to that level of work. Heck day yeah. In, day that's, out. Yeah. For literally months, he was he was pretty much going balls to the wall on that, which was I mean, not obviously he worked incredibly hard. That's what he loves. But it's also kind of a cool thing like, oh, wow, they they actually held up really well. That's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) because you'll never get that level of testing. Right. Most people don't uh, unless, you know, like you say, a chef that is in it to win it. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, and actually, now that he's done cooking for the Predators, obviously their season's done. Uh, he yeah. just started at the Golf Club of Tennessee, which Ooh. is like the highest end golf club in all of Tennessee. Is like top 10 in America Dang. or something. To yep. get on the wait list of the golf club in Tennessee is $50,000. Yep. Oh, or no, man. Can you it was either 50 or 15. One of the two. Either way, probably it's 50. crazy. Probably 50. Probably 50. Um, I, it like, wouldn't surprise me at all. The Manning brothers, uh, like Peyton Manning and Eli Manning uh-huh. as that group, all politicians, all like high-end people. So, you know, yeah, my knives are in that is in that kitchen uh, now, which is go, cool. Man. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about that industry. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, I don't know, I, I've never been in the industry, but like I've known some people that are. Mm-hmm. Um, and been close to some that are, and, and yeah. they the, eventually they kind of start to just take that for granted, I mean, not take it for granted, but just don't give a shit about it. You right. know what I mean? It's like, and it's kind of proof that a job's a job's a job's a job's a job. You know, it's like, well, at what's some crazy level, is my, my brother was pretty much proving that point because he's like, oh, yeah, you know, this person was in or that person was in, is like, yeah. it was no big deal. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. totally like, you know, you're it, whether you're cooking for the queen or cooking for you know, your next door neighbor, it's still the same process. Right. They're all just going to shit it out anyway. Right. <laughs> but what's crazy about Nick, though, is he's been down in Nashville for less than three years. He started wow. off in kind of a lower mid range. And within three years, he's now cooking at the best place in Tennessee, which is like. <laughs> Good Damn, him, Nick! Man. Look at you. <laughs> Which is you, crazy because we're just little country boys. We're we're right? from the thumb of Michigan. We're we're yeah. nobody. Is like what? Why is why is Nick able to get to that level so quickly? It's crazy. Hard fucking work, man. That's yeah, what it is, incredibly you know? hard work. But to yep. finish up my week um, on Tuesday night, I got my COVID shot, which was yeah. good to get out of the way. See, I I'm really late to the party on that because I am a huge needle phobe. 
No, so like I... even even seeing needles on TV freaks me all the way out. Like I can't yeah. watch it. It's crazy. Yeah. But um, I finally, you know, basically manned up and uh, went and got my shot. And then yes, yesterday I was completely wiped out. So that's why I yeah. wasn't able to make it to the podcast. No, it, it's it, that's that's real. I mean, it, you know, and it's funny how it hits some and not others. Oh, my gosh. Know? Like, my see, I actually I actually out. had. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Your wife was no, out. Go ahead. She was done just like you, but like 24 hours. And yeah. You know, it's exactly the right way it was around, with me. Like a fucking boomerang. Yeah, I had COVID um, quite like October or something. That's um, right. I think, yeah. Um, I was down for the count for about a week. And then I wasn't really back to 100% until two weeks after. Yeah. Where this one, you get the shot and it's over in less than 24 hours for me. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you have to get another shot then? No, I got the uh, J&J one, so it's just okay. one done. Okay, so single. Yep, that's cool. <laughs> my my needle phobe ass, if I had to take a second, I don't know if I'd be able to get myself back <laughs> right. in. I almost passed yeah. out on this one. <laughs> it's funny, man, how that um, – it that's that's definitely real. And that, like my So my stepdad was always like deathly afraid of hospitals. Not deathly afraid, mm-hmm. but, you know, just – and for him, it was always people in white coats – you know, like really? lab coats and he would see that and just squirm. Mm-hmm. So, so my mom, um, this was, I don't know, 10 or so, maybe, maybe, maybe 15 ish years ago. I don't know. We, we were out West. My sister had been moved, moved away as well. And, uh, my mom was in the hospital for something and I can't remember what it was. Oh, okay. I think it, my mom fought, has fought breast cancer twice and kicked oh, its ass. So good for her. That's is, awesome incredible yeah my mom's my hero (laughs) but uh so he came in to visit and of course before he went up to town you know we're about 30 minutes out in the woods and so you got to go to town to do anything basically but um so of course he had to run home after work feed the dogs feed the horses do all the chores and everything else and Mm -hmm. true to form like every other day that he's been alive he's you know he has two 16 ounce straw beers from from the home hometown brewery you know man you gotta do what you gotta do like nothing else well he goes up to visit mom in the hospital and he's standing at the foot of her bed and and uh, uh a white lab coat walks in mm-hmm. and he just faints like oh a my sack goodness. of shit <laughs> hits his head off the fucking uh. foot of the bed you know and and uh finds himself downstairs in the emergency room i was gonna say question for how many beers did you drink <laughs> you to know be fair, all if you're gonna pass out and hurt yourself in the hospitals, kind of yeah, the place to do it. Place. Yeah, yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty good place. But yeah, we we always we still joke about that. You know, oh like, goodness, you just had to drink those two beers. You probably had the third <laughs> one on the dirt road going up to town too, oh, didn't geez. you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty funny. So oh. Ben, what what have you gotten done in this in this uh, week? Well, I finished a commission. Hey, feels really good. That's awesome. And what I, was that all about? So that was the uh, hickory countertop. Nice. That uh, actually turned into a hickory countertop, plus wrapping a beam in hickory to make you know make it look pretty. Finish basic finish carpentry work, and then I wrapped a 
the same kitchen peninsula slash island that I put the countertop on, uh, the guy actually wanted to just wrap it in MDF because he was going to do <laughs> all kinds of trim work and everything else. And I'm like, hey. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know. Well, it, so, I, well, I actually did. I, I just wrapped it in MDF. And, and I think it, it should work out pretty dang well because hey. he's going to break it up, you know, and make like panels and stuff and, and all kinds of nickety knack trim work. It's probably going to look like hell by the time he's done with it, but. Hey, hey I'll, I'll take your money, Sonny. Sure. <laughs> It'll look <laughs> like hell a, on his countertop and not yours. Right. But, I, you know, so um, I was going to do last night. I, I, I want everybody to know that last night, young Jason Hartwell and yours truly oh, yeah. put in a valiant effort oh. to get a work for it show out on time. But we failed. We that is uh, Jason from JK Blades. Just got work for a oh, yeah. podcast. Got to plug him in there, you know. Got to plug he, him in. He put he in the extra the... mile and it just didn't yeah. quite work out. But we definitely yeah, have it, to it, uh, give him props for giving it a shot. Hell yeah, man. And it was like total 11th hour Hail Mary. Hey, man, what are you doing in an hour and a half? I'll send you a link. Send him a link. But um he's out there in the swamps of georgia i believe yeah and uh yeah his hillbilly ass <laughs> couldn't get these skinner nets to work but we, i mean we gotta have him on at some point. <laughs> between your internet and his internet i didn't think it yeah, quite had a chance i think i got mine flattened out but I don't oh know. yeah but anyway yeah i don't know but so anyway jason and i tried to put in a show and then afterwards i'm like uh, like literally i'm like i gotta do something like i can stand in front of a mic and come up with with a you know with a half an hour show at least sure but i you know there's that imposter syndrome coming in and, and it's like it's got to be good enough right it's got to be right god forbid if you topic? guys ever leaned on me to try to do an episode by myself ooh, yeah, that'd be ugly i did one and and it was kind of about tools but so but what I what I was going to probably do, and then I fell the hell asleep on the couch with with the phone in my hand. <laughs> but what what I was going to talk about is um, learning to tell a customer no, right? Like mm. we hear no a lot as makers if you're selling your work or if you're doing custom work. You know, people say if you're not hearing enough no's, then your price is too low. So mm, if, okay. if, if that's the case, uh, maybe investigate your pricing strategy, because I think I would agree with that, right? If, if you're getting landing every single job, um, <laughs> yeah. what are the odds that you just found like the perfect sweet spot for their right. budget? There's no way in pocketbook hell. And, yeah, sure. So jack them fucking prices up. Oh my but, gosh. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people on the internet of, oh, wow, this is gorgeous and go through the whole yeah. process of designing a knife and then you land on the price and it's like, oh, maybe I'll have to save up. And then I never hear from them again. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I, I totally am on board with that idea. And for you sure. look at their, uh, you look at their Facebook profile and you know, there's some college student. Right. <laughs> Although, how much for this dining room table? It's like, although when so I did make my table for sure, <laughs> when I did make my first Damascus knife, uh, uh, chef knife to sell it, 
Um, uh-huh. I way under like I I yeah. got it all designed and I shot him you know a price point that was way lower than it should have been. He was like, "Oh wow, that's crazy! I would have never expected yep. it to be that cheap." And then I yep. had like You're that like, gut Shit. check of, "Damn it!" <laughs> yep, yep, no doubt, man. Well, you know, I I am fortunate in that I don't have to depend on that income, but that's still. I, I hear folks say that and I, and I want to always just say yes, but that's not a fucking excuse, right? And the reason I say it that way is because we're all in it together, right? right. At some level. And uh, we've all seen uh, whatever you're, if you're into knife making or you're into table making or cabinet making, I'll almost guarantee you if you go into the Facebook marketplace right now, you'll find somebody in your local area selling it for probably less than you can get materials, right? And, <laughs> and you go, how are they doing this? And why? <laughs> well, know? I can tell you from the knife maker's perspective, um, a lot of those are ads from people who are actually shipping it in from like Pakistan yeah. or from wherever, overseas and they're buying it for crap you know prices because it's a crap product especially with with something uh that that doesn't require uh that much material right like a knife you're not talking about a whole lot of material you know if you're talking about say a farmhouse table um you know what i see a lot of folks will go with Home Depot two by fours or Home Depot two by eights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they're undercutting. Now I can argue both sides of this fence, right? Because I can also say that those are not my customers anyway. For sure. Because I, I, you know, I am not going to make a table ever out of Home Depot. Lumber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that price point exists. Uh, and, and, and those people are filling that void. Great. But so like, be it. Like people have always said it. forever, you get what you paid for. Like yes. if you paid a hundred dollars for a handmade knife, you're getting a really crappy, <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. saying like there, there aren't people who make, you know, cheaper, um, handmade knives out of, you know, more rustic. Like that's yep. also a, also a totally different bag. But you're not getting a Damascus knife for sub a hundred dollars or a whole set right. for a couple hundred dollars. Like that's Unless that's not a real thing. Right. Yeah, painted on. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Like there's oh, so man. many horror stories of people ordering a cheap knife. And honestly, that is a YouTube video that I'm probably gonna make at some point where yeah. I order like this, you know, buy this, you know, handmade, hand forged bullshit knife for you know 25.99 you finally get it here and then i would make the exact same knife out of roughly the same material well not the same materials the the good materials the american materials materials, or and then do a stress test between the two like oh wow this one's not heat treated oh wow this one is (laughs) yeah yeah well and i've even seen people like playing around with is it like they're they'll do an etching pattern or some you know different ways laser uh on the damascus look and sure just different you know smoke and mirrors tricks yeah and totally yeah it's i don't know i i um i feel like i can i can almost definitively say people selling at least in this area because we've got a pretty high number 
of um, sort of garage woodworkers in in the Boise area right now, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, There's for sure. Explosions of growth, right? There are mm-hmm. people coming in from, you know, California and North Carolina and all points in between, and there are a lot of desperate housewives. There are a lot of husbands with money uh, who let them loose, and <laughs> you know, so they're out there to get to get the latest look and sure. they want to, Oh, I'll support this look. Isn't it just so quaint and it's nice to buy from that, you know, from this handmade man and all this shit. <laughs> and it's like, but the, so, so those folks that are, you know, big flashing neon sign, $400 table. Yeah. It is impacting me. Certainly yeah, it sure. is, you know, there, there's a trickle down uh, to where if they come to me and I say, well, starting point is 1800 right you know for all for, for all intents and purposes what looks to them like the same product um now i've at a minimum got an uphill battle to explain myself well enough to get them to that 1800 level and then take them past that so i can start making money <laughs> you know so to be fair though like felt- that person was never gonna buy from like if if they're yeah, looking for well, a $400 table, Walmart is still open. Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But I think that the, the, the knowledge that it's there, right. The knowledge that, well, if they're making that table for that, could I go back to them and say, make it out of Walnut. Now what's your price? And would it still be cheaper than Ben? Sure. You know? No, no, it so wouldn't. There's that game, I think. And, um, or the but, other way is it's mass produced and it's not really, you yeah. know, a homemaker or whatever else. Yeah. yeah, it's really kind of hard to tell, isn't it? It's it's yeah. interesting. Um but I think that there's room for every price point. Absolutely right? there is. Um, um I, and I think that's the reality. In every market, the market will bear what the market will bear. Uh-huh. Right. And and there's levels within that market. And uh, once once you work at finding it, I think it's it's good. And and then to circle back around to to telling your customers, no, um, I think the other problem that we find ourselves into and and this may be more. No, I don't think it's more specific to like woodworking, because in making knives, you certainly also have like specialty requests, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, do this one little tiny thing, and eventually you just get like nickled and dimed to death, and you want to like fuck no, I am not <laughs> doing that. No, <laughs> eh, I I don't know if I've ever really had that issue so much. Um, it's, I mean, I have my base prices, and you know, if you want mono steel, it's this. If you want Damascus, it's yeah. this. If you want a wood hybrid, you you get this. If you want just okay. you know iron wood, it's like there's the the base price is already there, and then if yeah. they ask for you know something in embossed on the sheath, then that's pretty easy. It I yeah. mean there there's so much there's so many different ways you can customize it that I've I've never really had a customer be like. You know, yeah. hey, if you could do this, but, you know, try to keep it cheaper by doing that. You know, luckily, I haven't had those customers yet. Yeah. And it seems, too, that um, the the processes involved in some of those customizations, they're not monumental. Right. They're not yeah. um, they're not like five, six hours of work or, or anything like oh, that. Oh, for sure. 
Um, like I'll give you, so I'll, so I'll give you the, the example that I ran into on this countertop beam and island job. Um, so I wrapped this beam, right? And um, we wanted to match the countertop to the beam. So I used hickory for both. Hickory's a mother trucker to work with. It <laughs> yeah. just fights you every Dude, step of the Speaking way. of, I did one hickory handle. Or no, excuse yeah. me. I did one successfully. And the other one, the one I did right after that, which completely turned me off to hickory. I had yeah. finished a knife. I was grinding the handle. And I hit the grain in just the wrong angle. And it totally oh, yeah. cracked on me. Yeah. It was like it all of that splinters. work. <laughs> and I have to bust yeah. off the handle. It kind of amazes me that that it's like a fairly popular like axe and hatchet handle yeah. wood. Um, it's hard as hard as hell. Right. Right. It's dense, solid. It just has good hand feel. Sure. Like honestly, without even really putting any kind of oil or finish on it, it builds a patina really quickly mm-hmm. just from you know touching it. But well, so anyway, so we're wrapping the beam and so it was almost 10 inches tall this beam so for starters i couldn't get boards wide enough to cover that whole height so we had to do two two rows right so if you're looking at a beam that runs across the ceiling i would have two rows of hickory boards there you know about five inches each so the bottom part uh i just made a u-channel And so that U channel, I could slide right over the beam, tack, you know, uh, finish nail it in place. And then that was done. And then I just slap another row above that job's done. Right. Mm -hmm. Not really a a hugely difficult job. Built the U channel here in the shop, took it over to the site and uh, slid it up in place and not, not really any, any issues except when I got it up there, hickory um, in addition to being stringy, it's also, it has a lot of color variation. Okay. So you'll get, you'll get really blonde, mm-hmm. uh, parts right next to really dark parts in the same board oh, from the same tree. It's almost like a calico cat okay. or something. Um, yeah. well, I just so happened in my late night, God knows what, but I put a very, very light piece of hickory right next to a very, very dark piece of hickory. Mm. Uh, the span was long enough, so tall enough and long enough. I I not only had to have that hor- one horizontal seam, but on each row I needed one vertical seam as well. Okay. So it was almost like brick stack. Sure. Well, that small piece had to come out, and it had to come out of that U-channel. Mm. And so I had to pull that whole Sounds like a really easy down. process there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole motherfucker down and had to cut it out I had to break it out of there you know like i used tight bond glue and so it's, oh it's like stuck like chuck so right so and this guy's a pilot so he's not he it was really convenient it was a perfect setup it's like three minutes from my house the guy's a pilot he leaves for two three days so i could go over there and and work at his house in the air conditioning until 2 a.m. Instead nice. of working in my shop until 2 a.m. Yeah, man. But I go over there, late night session, and um, pull the whole flipping thing down. Get it all cleaned up. Get the new piece put back in. Went over like two days later. 
slapped everything back up, the row above it, everything else, got it buttoned up, all the, did all the little wood filler touches and couple coats of uh, Total Boat makes a Halcyon Clear. It's a, a poly or water-based poly, just an awesome finish. Put that on there. I mean, it was like looking downtown Charlie Brown. Good. I'm all, you know, got a got a hard on happy, and <laughs> taking pictures and sending them to him. Yeah, you're flying around the world, man. But look at this magic <laughs> shit that I just made. You know. Sure. And uh, so I don't hear a word. And then two days later, he. Gets I was gonna home. say, there's He's a like, butt here somewhere. What's yeah. what's the twist? So, Two days later, he gets home. He's like, dude, everything looks amazing. You know, and I'm reading, like, I see the message come in. He's like, look, this looks so fucking amazing. I really love it. He's like, just just two tiny little details, man. And he's like a younger guy. And I was like, mm-hmm. just, just two little details, man. He's like, that beam wrap, it stops like four and a half inches short of the wall. Like, I was really kind of hoping it would go all the way to the wall. And I'm like... Oh, you fucking were, were you? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, so you know, I'm catching my breath. Like, can I, like, he's like, do you maybe just have a couple little pieces you could slide in there and right. make it look real pretty. And I'm like, D- are you kidding me? It's like putting a fucking, uh, uh, <laughs> trucker size bandaid on a pimple on your fucking nose. You're right. You know? Like, no way that is going to stand uh. out. So, to appease him because he he wouldn't just give it a try man if you don't mind come on over i'll I'll write the check and come on over give it a try well by the time i got over there he was gone on another flight of course and uh so i picked two of the ugliest pieces of hickory that i could find (laughs) and i fucking nailed them up there and when i nailed them with my uh, I have a, like a little shitty cordless Royobi uh, brad nailer. Okay. When I nailed those things in there, that hickory was so fucking it hard cracked. that the, the nails stuck out about a half oh. inch. Okay. And I just left them. <laughs> and I just left them hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture and I was like, I don't know, dude. Looks like shit to me. You want me to pull it out or do you want to pull it out when you get home? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, uh. so... In the end, you know, I said, look, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I missed the detail, you know, and so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I missed the detail, but literally the only way to fix this or the only way that I will put my name on a solution for this is if I pull the whole thing down and I truly build the U channel and everything else to run all the way to the wall so we minimize seams, we make it look clean, and mm-hmm. when somebody walks into your house and it's literally the first thing you see, you are proud to tell them, Ben Butler built that for me and here's his info, you know, and <laughs> I'm proud to get the call. And I said, I'm, I'm not gonna do it, I won't put my name on it. And I said, what I will do is I will give you 10% off right now to leave it as is. We'll pop the two pieces out of there and I think it looks great, you know? And then I went one step further. I did a little surfing on the internet and I found some examples of beam wrappings that didn't go all the way to the wall, you know, mm-hmm. sent those over to them. I'm like, here, here's some examples. And it looks great, honest, right. it looks perfectly fine the way it is. And uh, so he happily obliged and I got the payment, you know, I think an hour later and everybody was happy, but, but, 
I was so hesitant to put my foot down and say no. Oh my right? goodness. That, and uh, it's totally yeah. the same same whole thing as when I had that customer. I finally remember I was telling you a couple months ago, basically I had a customer yeah, that, that didn't pick it up. Um so with that whole thing is she paid $50 less for the knife that I normally would charge everyone else. I didn't make her put mm-hmm. 50% down like I normally asked, um, normally yeah. asked for. Um, literally, it was just because I, I met her in person. We designed it in person. I got kind of a cool vibe. You know, right. hey, these are good people. They're local people. Hey, you know what? Screw it. Let's, let's give them a little bit of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yada, yada. That happens to everybody. Probably won't do that again. <laughs> But uh, I I made this knife for her and then basically, you know, of course, just like a handmade knife, there's little little imperfections and that's that's part of it. That's part of a handmade thing. And like the biggest one was there is the stamp. You know, I'm 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 um, hot stamping my 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 uh, stamp in there and it was just ever so slightly skewed. And I sent I sent pictures. I mean. Um, I sent pictures. And you probably admitted it. For oh yeah, one hundred percent. I was like, yeah, "Hey, yeah. this this is a pretty glaring imperfection. If you don't like it, please tell me now, and I'll remake your knife." And yeah. she didn't say anything. Right. So I figured Science. we're all, we're all good. Yeah. So I I drive it the half an hour to her to drop it off, and she's takes it and she's looking at. It, I was like, you know, the stamp is a little bit off. Uh, is there any way you can remake it? Oh Jesus! Come on. <laughs> You know, so I was like, well, either yeah. there's there's two different routes. I basically told her there's two different routes we can go. Either I can completely remake the knife or yeah. I can grind it down and make the make the knife profile just a little, a little thinner. bit thinner. Um, yeah. It'll be a little bit more slicey. There's pros and cons to it. Um, so she's yeah. like, yeah, go ahead and grind that down. And we'll, I'll just uh, have to live with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> First like she all, knows custom knives like yeah right, right. like she knows high quality kitchen knives that right. well that she'll just de- deal with it <laughs> right so oh, i so i took it home that day ground it oh. down got that all set up and basically started met i'm taking videos you know like hey this yeah. is how it looks you know give me give me yes or no and finally after literally a month and a half of trying to contact her i told her hey um yeah you, you, you're not liking it apparently i'm just gonna go ahead and sell it so it's up on my website yeah. so yeah well, it's that's, it's just I so crazy that people will have you do that much work and then you know i can't luckily that. luckily this this rap situation he was cool enough to you know yeah go through with it he, could you imagine yeah. if he if you had all that work put up there and like eh, i don't <sighs> like it take it take it down or something yeah Ugh. well and I had been through that once, you know, like having to pull it down once to get rid of that really light piece. And and I think it's just understanding those limits, right? Because pulling that down, I, I probably could have put my foot down right there, right? I probably should have, in hindsight, put my foot down a month earlier when we were selecting which species of wood to use (laughs) because like in my heart of hearts i knew damn well that he wasn't going to be madly in love with hickory i knew it right like because you know at best sometimes all you've got is the internet as your communication tool so i sent i had sent him pictures of tables made out of like six or eight different species of wood that I thought could come somewhere close to his price point. 
Okay. You know, right away, he wants Walnut. And I, you know, I'm like, Walnut is going to be three times the price that I've already given you You're a right. ballpark on for, <laughs> for starters, right? Like, just, just for carrying the boards into my shop, it's three times the price. So that was out. And then it was kind of looking at, do we go cherry? Do we go hickory? Do we go maple and stain it? Do we, you know, all these options. And he sent me a picture back copied one of the pictures i had sent sent it back and he goes this is it hickory motherfucker and i'm like dude that's cherry (laughs) 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 so it's like we got a problem (laughs) no no that's hickory man hickory i'm like no 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 this one's hickory so you know i I sent him hickory back he's like oh i like that even better fucking hickory motherfucker (laughs) and i'm like all right, well, you know, I did the whole mumbo jumbo. Like, I am telling you now, hickory has a ton of variation. It it doesn't get any darker with age. It doesn't get any lighter with age. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. If you went with cherry, on the other hand, in six months, it'll be three to five shades darker than it is right now. And it'll age you know, and really develop a really cool character over time. Right. And no, I like the hickory. He's like, could, could you just maybe like choose boards that are like darker? And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause there's just like thousands right. of fucking board feet of hickory <laughs> just lying up around this motherfucker. In, in the world like, shortage of wood. Oh yeah, sure. Gosh, I can go do that yeah. for you. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, but, but, but again, like learning to say no, right? What sure. do you think my dumbass said? Oh well, yeah, I, I can, can do that. I could certainly try. Sure. Absolutely. I'll give it, I'll give it my best shot. Right. So it's like, I think you, um, I don't know. It's, you brought up Jeff Fader earlier and, and just listening to some of his stories. Um, I think we're all guilty of saying yes too much, but, but clearly Jeff's Jeff's been in the game a long time comparatively. Right. right? And I think that I, it's, it's one of those little hidden lessons that I don't know. I don't know that you even realize that you're learning it, but I think we all kind of do the more you go. Um, and I think some of it, I think some of it is, you know, when you're first starting off, when you've only had 10 sales, it seems like, Oh my God, that's all I'm ever going to have. I need to take every single thing that comes across my, uh, my table. But when you're yep. 10,000 sales in, you know, oh, shoot, if yeah, I miss one, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And there's also a difference between um, uh, those that make on spec and those that make custom, right? Like um, like you have your line with your options. Sure. Uh, versus somebody or, uh, you know, versus somebody like Mareko who... Um, every single knife is bespoke right right it, right it is it's it's something it's a it's a idea yeah. in the person's head when they walk in the door see that's something and, i really uh, need to nail down on my business is whether i want to go the completely custom route or if i want to yeah. make lines and just do a single type of thing because yeah. right now you know i i have my you know these are my ideal this is what i'm basing prices off of for customs these are the ones that i like making but I also yep. do love doing crazy out, off the wall um, customs. Like yeah. I did that sax knife in, in that YouTube video. And that yeah. was totally just somebody like, 
hey, could you could you make me a Viking knife? I'm like, well, shit. Right. If, if your <laughs> if your money's green, then I can do it. Sure. Yeah. And it totally think... came together. And now I already have another Viking knife sold because I put that video Dang, out, and somebody right. else was like, damn, I want one of those. Yeah. So like, but see now, um, now you have the option to to uh, have a Viking knife on the books, right? Sure. Like. like You've got that, you know how it's made, and now you're refining the process. And that's, see, I'm, I am more or less a hundred percent custom. Yeah. I, I have never built the same thing twice. See, that know? would scare me because like, if I'm going into a build where I've never built it before, like I have to sit and think about every single step because yes. like, oh, that's, you know, if this one's completely yep. different, I've never done this before. That's every single ah. build. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but once you've and, done it and, once or like my grandma used to say the first time you make something you're gonna spend all week making it perfect yep and it's gonna be great the second one's gonna yeah. take you a day the third one's gonna take you an hour you know yes. i mean that's exaggerated yeah. but you it's know not, after you've done it once you become comfortable with it so you can yep. redo those processes so yeah, yeah. that, and it's that not would be scary hard. for me Right. Like none of it's hard. You just don't know how to do it yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I always tell myself. It's like this shit isn't hard. You know, 98 percent of all woodworking, furniture making and carpentry is building a box. Oh, you know, sure. If you can if you can build a box, you can damn near figure out just about anything. Um, and so. So, yeah, where I get um, where I get the most skittish is if it's actually in someone's home, like doing a beam wrap or mm. wrapping an island in MDF, you know, and, and in the back of my mind, I'm running through a thousand scenarios going, what could happen? What could happen? What could happen? How could this fuck <laughs> what me? If this could beam, this me? What if this beam yeah, right. falls down and breaks yeah. up family nails Like, oh my God. Hick like, that's a lot of yeah. hickory to hang from the ceiling. Like, ooh, maybe I should put a screw in there. Nah, 16 brad nails. I don't hold it, you know? <laughs> so, those <laughs> things. But, um, but you do. And and um, and I think that that is something that I am always... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Trying to improve that and... and uh, speed up that sort of design phase. So one of the things that I've started doing is really involving the customer a lot. If, if they'll tolerate it, I'll have them over to the shop three weekends in a row, you know, where we're, where I've done some work in SketchUp or um, in it, uh, this fireplace cabinet that I'm building. I'm building a, a cabinet that will hold 
almost like a fireplace insert kind of thing. Okay. I think it's a, like an Amazon special uh, that she bought, you know. But um, what I actually did before she came over, I had all my pieces cut. I had everything ready to go together, basically. Mm. And cabinetry is kind of like that. You just... You make a bunch of sawdust, you've got all your pieces, and then you glue it all up, and then you're 80% done. Right, and then but, from there, it's before, just making it pretty. Yeah, but before I before I actually glued it up, I took small pieces of wood, you know, like an inch by a half an inch, just little mock-up pieces, and I mocked the whole thing up. So I, I made a little small model of the cabinet just to make sure that we had every little detail that she wanted, you know, and, and we could hold it in our hands and point to it, had each piece lettered, uh, you know, and in fact, an hour after she left, she texts me and she's like, piece D needs to go an inch this way so I can fit my speakers in that shelf or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember, wow. but uh, it was just a really, it was a tangible thing that she could hold. I could hold, we could look at. We could give it that final inspection, right. you know, and I had probably 70% of a set of plans done in sure. SketchUp and just kind of abandoned that. I, I very, <laughs> Completely very, abandoned. You couldn't like just oh, give yeah. it a little bit of a tweak? No, because it's like cooking from a recipe, you know, it just, I feel like my hands are tied or something or, or like, I'm going to miss, uh, I'm going to miss something that's so obvious cause I'm too busy paying attention to the plan. Okay. All right. And, uh, I've never, I've never in my life built anything off of a plan. I've built a shitload of stuff off of a picture, you know, and that's, okay. that's how most things come into my shop is, uh, a link to uh, restoration hardware furniture or, <laughs> you know, something that somebody found. And, and then from there, I'll I'll tweak and customize. Sure, for but, sure. Uh, I just can't do plans. I don't know. Huh. What I should probably do, though, is finish the damn plans and then sell the plans. But hey, that, that would be a good little second source of income. Yeah, I see that. I see that fairly regularly yeah. uh, now where people are doing that. But anyway, I think it's, yeah, kind of, it's fun to, I, I enjoy uh, just thinking through that process of working with a customer on a, on a custom build of anything. Cause yeah, I think it's sure. so dramatically Oh my different. gosh. And then when you finish this custom piece and you finally reveal it to them and oh, it's like yeah. what they've been thinking about for, you know, sometimes yes. years, most of the times months. And all of a sudden yep. you can give it to them because you've made it into the real yeah. world. And just that yep. light. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you make something where like they already knew how it was going to look like in the end, it's it's pretty cool. It's still cool. Yeah. But like yeah. just to see that second level of giddy because it's yeah. like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I was thinking. You know, I think and I think I that's, love that. That's, shit. Uh, oh, yeah. I think that's part of my um, sort of involving them on the regular. Yeah. Right. Like I said, if, if they'll tolerate it, come on into the shop. You oh, know? my goodness. I love just making little one minute videos. Hey, I just cut it out. This is what yeah. it looks like. This is my next process. Yeah. Hey, I just heat treated it. This is my next process. Hey, yep. it's 80% done. Hey, look at this. It's get almost pretty, you know? And yeah. I, think I think people just great. love that. Your shit. videos are great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like those. I, yeah. Like you and Brian both are doing such a good job at 
sort of the shop update yeah. uh, style. You, what I love about it, I think most is that you're, you've sort of flipped Instagram on its head, right? <laughs> because you guys are kind of doing what most people would do in stories. You're just doing it right on the feed. Yeah, for sure. You know, which is cool. Well, I think but, one uh, of the biggest reasons why I do that is um, like there are so many knife makers where if you go on the Instagram and look at their feed, it's literally just a wall of knives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it gets I, like product shot. For sure. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. I mean, obviously you want to show off what you can make, but I think yeah. the biggest thing for, you know, being a custom knife maker, or I mean, for you, for woodworking, um, if they're looking to spend that money, they could spend it at a couple hundred thousand different people. Like there's so yeah. many people out there. Easily. Why are they going to choose you? Like you have to tell yeah. your story, you know, your personality, draw them into yep. you be- to want, make them want to buy from you instead of, you know, Joe Blow who's 100%. selling almost the same thing at almost the same price. Um, that's the power of, um, that's the pa- like the, pa- that, to me, that is the power, the magnetic force behind all of the housework stuff that Brian does. Yeah, for right? sure. It is. three minutes of a video and you have just been sold a ketchup popsicle and a set of white gloves, you know, (laughs) and, and it's like, and and you've got the gloves on and you're gnawing on the popsicle, you know, going, Oh, I don't care that my gloves are red. Right. But I, (laughs) Um, I do think that, you know, I, I do my best to try to get my face on screen and like my voice talking about what's going on as much as possible. Just, that I mean, obviously true. my face and my voice isn't nearly as pretty as Brian's or Brian House's, no, but, 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 you know, I've it's, said, it's the idea of, you know, trying to, you know, get your face and your, your, your personality on feature yep. and then your products, you know, I mean, obviously you want it up there, but you know, product is almost secondary at that point. Like it or not, you are your brand. I right. am my brand. We, you know, we're, in, in this economy that we've built, you know, whether it's like the social media economy or it's just this little maker economy that we all have in our immediate area or some people that are selling online or whatever, um, that you're you're 100 percent right. You are the reason people are buying your shit. For because sure. It doesn't matter what it is. It does not matter what it is. Somebody could find the same thing elsewhere in 10 seconds or less. For sure. You know, it's like, there, I don't think there's any of us that may, that are that specialized. Um, you know, unless it's like, I'm thinking of like this guy, Ramon Valdez, that makes this very specific domino doc jig. Sure. You know, that right. Nobody has the balls to copy him. So <laughs> he's the only one going to make the domino doc. Sure. Uh, but, but you, yeah, your story, you and uh, and your face are the brand, and 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 as I look back at my my business and at my social media presence, that's a mistake that I started making very early on and never, uh, you know, corrected course on is that I I did not, I sort of went down a different path, which was. I'll help you figure out the process mm. of making things, right? And so if you, if you look, like for an example, I wrapped the beam, I built an eight foot by four foot countertop and I wrapped an island in MDF and no one has seen a single 
finished, per, you know, finished project right. shot. That was actually feet. something I, <laughs> and you probably never will. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that I was talking to Jason, um, over at the, uh, JK blades hustle and grind podcast. Um, yeah. he, he was, he was talking to me about like, you know, he's been looking through your stuff and he never sees a finished product. How yeah, in the hell never. are you successful without showing like, Hey, this is a pretty well, shit I can make. Like that's, that's ta- how you sell knives you is like, this is a pretty yeah. knife. I can make this and then draw them in with your personality. But yet you're like, yeah. you're showing all these really cool shots, really <laughs> cool short videos, but you never yeah. see like the, the gorgeous thing that you make. Well, there's the, I think part of it is I found the ceiling for that, right? I've hit the ceiling, whatever. I've got 13, 12, 13,000 uh, social media followers, mm-hmm. Instagram followers. That's about as many other, you know, woodworking dweebs as you're going to find that want to know shortcuts and tips and tricks, sure. right? Like I hit that ceiling. So part of why I'm not growing probably is because customers don't want to see that shit. You know? So, I mean, uh, I don't want to be the asshole who points it out, but is it time for a, a change? Like, is it, is yes. it time to start oh, pivoting, start throwing in a finished product every, you know, 10, 10 posts yep. and then, you know, twice and then, you know, every other, and then just kind of switch yeah. it over so you can take those 13,000 followers. And of course you're probably going to lose a couple of them. But yeah, you'll gain but you'll you gain always... those paying customers. Yeah, and I think that at, you know if and when it if and when I start transitioning to where um, I'm more dependent on that income uh, for for starters, that would be one thing for sure. Yeah, is to start putting up more finished shots. Um, I've seen folks that uh, actually would use. You, you can you can bookmark your own posts. Mm, and another thing I didn't those, know. I'm trying to remember the process. It's been such a long time. I think but I could... I've seen where folks do that and make a catalog of all their all their stuff. Yeah. Uh, by bookmarking it and then sharing it. But anyway, a little bit of a diversion. Yes, 100%. That's a change uh, that I would like to make. And not necessarily just for selling things because... Um, Again, to me, at least for right now, that's that's not kind of neither here nor there. But I would like to broaden my audience more. Sure. Right. And and what I think I miss the most about growing is the engagement. Yeah. Because when when new people aren't discovering you, you don't get those random. Holy shit, dude, you just blew my mind. You know, Yeah. right. Where somebody See, stumbles across your feed and they go, whoa, fuck me. Like, look at all this shit that you have. See, um, I don't think that you should completely abandon those, you know, helpful videos. No, I, I never but will. I, I do think that you could probably do a 50% finished product or, you know, shop update and yep. 50% of the stuff that you're really comfortable making now. Yeah. When I, so I, I happen to stack up a bunch of commissions and I go on fits and starts with commissions too, right? Like, oh my gosh, mine I find is scary. Myself, <laughs> oh, like we're out. I'll, I'll take six, and then I won't take six. I won't take another one for six months, you know. Um, yeah. But once I get, I've got the fireplace cabinet to finish. I got a set of cornhole boards going out tomorrow, and I've got the walnut river 
epoxy river desktop and then i'll be done yeah and at the towards the tail end of that number one i'm going to be transitioning and, and cranking out some shopbot cnc videos and i've got i don't know i've got a dozen videos on a list you know that need to be made and <laughs> i can think of one yep we'll get my <laughs> face and my personality out there and um yeah, I'm looking to make a really strong push and run towards YouTube yeah, probably man. in the next 30 days. That'll be cool. Speaking of a uh, YouTube video that you're trying to make, do you have any sort of update on the uh, B-Cone slash B-Butler shop yes, knife you got going on? I made the second pour. So it's been so uh, buried in here with sawdust and projects that I didn't want to pour that dang thing another time um, because I have I was cutting all these cabinet parts and all this other horseshit, but I did pour it early this morning. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just feeling right now, it's kind of tacking up right now. So okay. I think it's going to be cool. I, yeah, I do. I think I'm going to like it. I wasn't sure, like I said before, but I think the 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 levels to it right um, oh yeah yeah so for folks that haven't seen it i kind of took a block of walnut and more or less carved a wave into it yeah you know, it's almost like a wave and then i carved a little pattern on uh on part of that wave that would be like the tail end of the handle and so my thought is that We'll have some clearish epoxy with a little swirl in it that you could look down into and see that pattern and then it would fade up into wood at the end yeah man so that's gonna be a really cool design cool. i think it's gonna look interesting because you're gonna be able to look see down into it and see all the holes i drilled yeah. for all of the uh you know um yeah well you, i don't it depends on how i do it if i so right now I've got it set up to where I could have a quarter inch thick scale on each side, okay. the, you know, each side. And then that would mean that there would be a thin layer of walnut up against the blade or up okay. against the handle. So I don't think it'll impact that, but I did set it up to where as you get closer to the end of the handle towards the blade. Okay. Uh, that Damascus will fade into the handle a little bit when you're Ooh, looking down in. That'll yeah, be cool. Yeah, it's got I'm, a lot of dimension. Man. And then I thought, the other thing, I didn't even think about this until, I was a couple nights ago when I was looking at it and looking at it in, um, oh, in the 3D software. And I was like, oh shit, I never thought about this, but You'll also be able to look in from the sides, you know, like if you're looking face on. Okay. It's clear, but like the top of the handle and the bottom of the handle will also have clear spots you'll be able to see into as well. Okay, that'll be cool. See, yeah. when I made this, you know, kind of Kiridashi woodworking, leatherworking knife for you. Um, literally yeah. when I sent it off to you, um, obviously I made the YouTube video all around, you know, building it. And I've been, yeah. um, but when I sent it off to you, I figured you would just grab a couple hunks of wood that out of the scrap pile, slap that on yeah. and just kind of, you've totally ran with this in such a <laughs> cool direction. 
Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> See, but that's that. So here you go. Full circle to the beginning of the episode. That's the imposter syndrome that I fight, right? Because I think like, yes, that's what everybody would expect. So I've got to push it farther, right? Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, like in my head, I got to take it a step further, right? Um, what is what is Jeff? Oh, you know, we're just all conceited at heart you know yeah always gotta one-up ourselves of course well that's how you get better though isn't it it is it is yeah and you know it's funny because um that uh what was it last weekend or two weekends ago uh when my buddy tony came over with his son and we were pen turning and stuff um i was telling tony and uh andrew i said um i've been trying to convince jack for two years now to come on out here and we will start making pen blanks, turning blanks and knife scales, you Mm -hmm. know, like we've got all this wood, we've got all this epoxy, we've got all this other stuff. I was like, Jack, you could be making some bank, buddy. You know, all it takes is maybe an hour a week. You come out here, you pour some epoxy, you mess around, we'll put your shit up on Etsy and I guarantee you we'd start selling custom knife scales and pen turning blanks. But, I don't know. An 11 year old kid's not ready for, for the entrepreneurial right. spirit. And also like there, there are people, there are 11 year old kids who totally are, but if you try mm-hmm. to force that on them, it's just going to turn yeah. them away even harder. Not going to work. Never going to yep. work. All right. There's so if I can take yeah, a uh, thing out or a uh, feather out of Brian house's cap, let's change dad joke time. it. No, not dad joke time. We're an hour into this podcast and I think yeah, we need man. to change gears and look at the WFI project on Instagram. So for those of you who don't know, or just are tuning in, uh, we every week talk our, we uh, see posts on hashtag WFI project. Um, so if you guys go ahead and post on that throughout the week and give us a little shop updates, just show us what you're working on. We will go through and look or, through and check those things out here on the show. What are you laughing about? Or if about? you just want a convenient place to see all of Brian's posts, you can go there too. Yeah. <laughs> He's tagging it. I think I'm tagging it. Yeah. We should probably all, we, we hosts should probably agree to not use it. Yeah. Maybe. I think, I mean, I think we could use it as like just a like we're working on a project and show off what we're working yeah. on, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. Okay. So, do you want to grab one so, first, or do you want me to? I'm trying to get to the bottom of Brian's. Here, I'll um, go first then. Um, Jamie the squid. Jamie the squid. Sure, go ahead. Jamie the squid says a little more progress made on the revolution grinder. Yeah, so dude. A revolution. I'm so intrigued about the revolution. I'm going to tell you this and I've always been, but I, but, but lately I've been like, man, Brian's right. I think a hundred percent right that it is an incredible tool for a wood shop, for a metal shop, for a damn jewelry shop. I don't care what it is. A two by 72 belt grinder is not just for knife makers. Um, No. I'm telling you, as soon as I got one in my shop, obviously I use it primarily for, you know, grinding knives and whatnot, but there are so many little things that like, Oh Lord. Oh, like it's, it's so incredibly useful. And I'm like, man, I'm, you know, like in my head, I'm, I'm like, I I've got the same 
uh, belt grinding machine that every woodworker or probably knife maker what is it like four has. by 36 it's the harbor or something? freight and it's like the little harbor freight piece of shit thing you know that's like four by 30 or something i think sure and it's got the disc sander on the face of it. Oh, you're you know? talking about the little one by thirty belt. The green, riders. yeah. Ugh, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not one by thirty. But it's still, four. yeah. But yeah. But anyway, and uh, but then I, you know, I start looking at the Revolution or, or really any two by seventy two, and you go like, shit, man. I could put a disc sanding attachment on there. I could do like all these different now, things. Now, hold on here yeah. for a second. We're on Brian House's, uh, I mean, I guess it's it's all of our podcasts, but we got to up the revolution here. I mean, if you're looking yeah. for one, go go look at the revolution for sure. I'll tell you, I, I am kind of, you know, other than loving Brian to death, I'm indifferent about the, the design because I know nothing about it, right? So... Um, a broadback versus a revolution versus a Chinese, whatever. Yeah, I, I look at them, and to me, they're you know, it's like they all functionally do the same thing. Okay, let let me tell but, you where you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So well, I guess let, let me. Step, well, I guess my my point is, um, what I've what I think about where Brian's project is right now is that it has not stopped innovating right that's the big thing since the beginning yeah and it's not single point of focus innovation either right Right. it's it's open source and like i i i build software at work and and you know have kind of as i've gone on in my career gotten more and more into sort of the software development world and that's a you know, open source software exists for a reason mm-hmm. and it's the group think mentality. It's you leave a breadcrumb. I leave a breadcrumb. Bob knows more than all three of us combined and he leaves a whole <laughs> loaf of bread. Right. You know, and, and <laughs> Billy leaves mayonnaise. And next thing you know, you've got like the perfect sandwich. And I think that's what's really cool. Brian has managed to harness the power of the internet. See, that's and- what I love about obviously the revolution. Also, I bought the Broadbeck and that's so, that's another right. small com- really small company. Uh they're from Ohio, I believe. And uh yep. you know, they're they're totally it seems like every 6 months or so there's a new attachment, there's a new something yeah. that's come out that is completely, you know, upped a game or something you can do something with it that you just will never see on another where right. where where I, when I said, you know, let me tell you where you're wrong, the Chinese companies or the the really large mm. companies that have been around for 30 years, they've already made their machine and it's not changing. And right. yes, it was they, it was a great machine 30 years ago. Yeah. But it's not but 30 years ago. <laughs> right. And they didn't um I think maybe and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is more of a question. It seems to me the focus of these new school projects like Broadback, like the Revolution is on innovation. Yeah. Right? For sure. It is let me see how many tricks this pony can do. And right, there from are the beginning. <laughs> and I think that um, um, when you are mass producing them, you know, in, in a factory in China, your goal is how many can we make in a day? Right. 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 And so the, all of their innovation goes into 
the manufacturer, assembly, and shipment of the product. So there's not as much room, um, potentially, there's not as much room for true innovation. You know, it's like, um, it's like, like uh, Lego or, or, you know, some uh, trailer hitches and, and you want to make sure that it fits as many different vehicles as humanly possible before it goes out the door. And if you're manufacturing a bazillion of them a day, you say, I don't give a shit how many vehicles it fits. You know, they're selling and we're not changing it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, versus uh, uh, if you're an independent solo project, you can say, no, 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 no. This is the thing about ours. It fits any <laughs> fucking car. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So this was cool. one hell of a tangent we went on. Uh, so this Jamie, the Which squid one? guy, uh, we were talking <laughs> about the WFI project. Um, yep. So that was all off of uh, Jamie, the squid. There's a couple yep. posts here. Uh Oh, I can hear your uh, air compressor Don't in the background. <laughs> Got it. Alexa, <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie, the squid has uh, posted a couple of them. It looks like he's got a couple updates yeah. on building the revolution, but looking yep, through yep. his, um, his he's Instagram set up, man. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's got quite a knife shop built up around him, and some squid really gorgeous forge. knives to be, uh, posting. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all over the place. It's a lot of really cool shop updates and stuff like that. Where's just he gonna, at? Do you know? Um, I'm trying to look through his thing, and I'm not really seeing a whole lot of information on it. No, but that's that's a tip. I'll, I'll throw that out there right now, guys. If you do not, at a minimum, have your actual name on your Instagram feed, put it on there now. Now, on his then, Instagram feed, he has Jamie Blow as Jamie his name. Have a feeling maybe that might not be his real name. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but at least I've got a name I can call him. Sure. Right. So that's for starters. Yeah. And then I'm I'm almost positive. I'm checking now. If you go in your profile, you you get like this description that you can put underneath it right. too. Right. You get three four lines. Right. And, and I say put your location. I don't have my location in here. I'll have to put it in there. Well, I have it in my logo, so you can right. see it in my little thing right. but yeah put your name in there put your location i don't know it's just always nice to know like oh gosh i am so bad with names but what's his name is just like up in northern idaho and i was i was chatting with him when i was first on the show and i'm like so where are you at he's like i'm up here in northern idaho i'm like no way yeah <laughs> you're just right up the fucking road that's so cool yeah but yeah jamie the squid check his stuff out yeah it's, dude cool little shop looks like he's at 526 followers so let's go ahead and jump that up real quick so i'm gonna um this let's see if i can say this right because in his description he says that his name rhymes with hawk rock and sock so it's k whoa k hawk i'm imagining cutlery or cock you know that might be it (laughs) so cock cutlery (laughs) cack Cock <laughs> underscore cutlery K A or K H A A C K. I think it is cack. Well, we're gonna call him cock cutlery then. Caca. Uh, so he put an update. Uh, it looks like he's working on the same batch of knives. It, it's an offset serrated knife. Uh, offset, yeah. maybe like some sort of a nakiri chopper situation, and then a that's, pairing that's knife. That's a cool shape. I like. Yeah, that that's a really cool middle one. one. That middle one's that really cool. Often. Um, yeah. 
I, I've never quite understood. I mean, obviously I've done offset serrated knives like for bread knives, but I've never understood like yeah. the, the why you would offset a chopper or something like that. Maybe it's for That's more a... more height so that your knuckles don't rack on the on the uh, whatever oh. cutting board you're working on. But Could be. that is just a really yep. interesting blade shape. I really like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it looks like he's, you know, getting more progress on that batch. Um, really cool. I mean, yeah, he's just doing a really great job. Yeah. Today I got, cool. uh, this is what he said under it. Today I got the blades ground and ready for hand sanding and handle scales cut. So he's making some nice. good progress. Oh, if you and go into this team. man, I'm telling you, he's at 46 followers. We need this, to at least double that. Come on. Yeah. That needs to change. <laughs> I mean, going to his feed. Um, he's got a knife in a block with two other knives. That's like this turquoisey, pale blue. It's really cool. Here, let me I look. Love that handle and color. Just jumps right out. Oh yeah, Pretty that is a really cool. gorgeous one. And then, I mean, if you just kind of look through, there's so many posts from him that yeah. i mean that he's making a lot of knives yeah man. look at look at the uh one that it's it's kind of set up on a stand and that's another offset really interesting blade yep. shape um yep. yeah he's a really creative and it looks like a really you know really well well done uh knife maker like he 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 yep. looks like he's been doing this for a long time and with 46 yep. followers come on we need to bump that up so yeah. kh i'm telling you let me, let me plug him one Get more him time. K-H-A-A-C-K yep. underscore cutlery. Cock cutlery, you need to follow this oh, guy. No. Or maybe it's K-Hawk. I don't know. That's <laughs> Cack. Harry Cack. Hey, His man. Harry. Last name, Cack. <laughs> well, Harry Cack re reminded me of something, and I, he probably never will, will use the WFI Project hashtag, but did you see... Um, Mr. Nick Tobin uh, forging out coal, forging out some skulls the other day. Yeah, I saw them. I saw those posted all over card. the place. Holy cow, yeah. is that cool? That yeah. is that is another well, level of forging that I maybe someday I'll get to, it? but probably not. <laughs> but you know, like, like I could, I could visualize how those are made. That's one of the first things I think I've ever seen somebody forge, and I went. Oh, I could figure that one out. Yeah. Because usually I'm so flipping lost with forging. They're yeah. like, they have an eye for geometry, but those skulls are really cool. Well, I mean, think about it. All you're doing is just playing with Play-Doh. Yeah. Except yep. it's really hot it and you're using fast. it with hammers. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah, yeah I, one of the first things I did um, was start off with like the, um, shoot, what is it called? The modeling clay. Yeah. And instead of, you know, starting with steel and making expensive mistakes, I took this modeling clay and just kind of lightly tapped it until you make a knife shaped object. Uh -huh. And I mean, you you learn all of your you know big mistakes out of I just trying to that. figure that out. I mean, forging is yep. literally just, you know, moving that material into the shape that you want. And yeah, yeah. it's being able to predict uh, how much it's going to move and how quickly I would right, imagine that, for sure. that's tricky. And then I, you know, like I've seen some like Alex Steele stuff where they're thinking three, <laughs> four moves ahead. And you're like, well, that's what happens like when you literally masters. are born with a, an, like an anvil sitting next to you and a yeah. hammer in your hand. I mean, that, that kid yeah. has been going forever, but it's, a, I don't know. You, and I think we all have that unique 
skill or ability or that's part of what um interest brings you to the game but what keeps you there is your ability to comprehend something pretty damn complex and pull it off yeah uh consistently enough where you don't get frustrated with the process <laughs> right yeah for sure and it's like it's like uh some guys in woodworking have a very good sense for cabinetry and others have a really good sense for like an abstract charcuterie board shape okay you know it's, it's just a big difference between you know between that i don't know i don't know if i could pinpoint mine <laughs> i'm not good at any of it all right uh, yeah well anyway man i'm gonna pull i'm gonna pull the house on us and we've been rolling for 120 dude i have one what more have? i've got one yeah. last big thing one big announcement What's up? today Whoa, bring it on us today about five hours ago I put in my two weeks notice at Target. Oh. I am done <laughs> yeah. with that place. <laughs> yeah, bitches. <laughs> two weeks. I am out of there. Um, so you're gonna start start a landscaping business? I've got a new weed whacker. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go. Let's let's do no. So you know, obviously, I'm moving about an hour away. So I mean, that's the biggest yeah. reason. But um, so you're going for it? Yeah, I'm going for it. Um, I'm. I'll probably end up getting some sort of like a part-time job to, you know, have mm -hmm. a little bit of income to mm -hmm. help with the transition. Sure. But my, my goal is to basically go full time and try to make this, that's awesome. Try to make this knife making business a real thing. But what percentage, um, what percentage of it do you see? Um, if, if you had a crystal ball, what, what percentage <laughs> would you like to see of like, Purely just hammering out, banging out knives versus some of the social media stuff trickling in as well. See, like if you could make some cash out of some social media stuff, <laughs> see, where here's would the you thing. like it to fall? Here's the thing. I've never made money off of social media. So at this point, yeah. my thought process is social media is just free advertisement. So there I'm I'm not I'm I'm going with it with the mindset of I'm a hundred percent making money from my knives. Yeah. Um, and yep. anything that comes in through social media is a bonus, which it's going to be a yeah. long time out before. I mean, at least from my mindset here, that's not even a, you know, an issue for me, but yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting thought. And I think I would encourage anybody to at least consider, or at least factor it in a little bit because I, because I didn't. Right. And so what I, what I found, I've also never made a penny off of social media. Um, I've gotten a, a good number of tools that way. So technically, you know, not, not all money's green. Sure. Um, but, uh, I know other folks who focused solely on monetizing it as quickly as they can. And not just by like, Oh, I'm monetized on YouTube you know, finding ways to get paid to do it. Right. I think is, is an important distinction to make in your mind. And the, the thing with that, that I'm set. thinking is like social media, just think about all of the different algorithms that have to line up for you to go for you to do well. You know, if, yeah. if you can get some sort of a paid partnership or, you know, some sort of a sponsor um, that, that would totally, you know, kind of take that, you know, algorithm yep. worry out of it, but I see it though, maybe a little bit different. And, and I guess 
if I were to quit my job tomorrow and would work full time, um, what I would see is that I, I could now reliably tap into the algorithm killer. And the algorithm killer is that I could be perfectly consistent with my social media. Yeah. Right. Which is at the end of the day, essentially all the damn thing wants. Right. Consistency. Uh, um, See, that's one of the things that's one of the things that I'm imagining once I can put in, you know, my my full time focus on my business. Just think of like right now I'm getting, you know, hey, I'll have a day off once a week or maybe two days off in a week. Just imagine if I had seven days a week to dedicate to it, how much content, how many knives I could kick out. Like there's because at the end of the day, you're doing five times more of the work that you would be sharing. Right. For starters. Right. Um, And yeah, your ability to easily create content and flip it out there is so great. Right. Right. Peter McKinnon. uh, Oh my gosh. I I love him. Holy cow. So Peter, just did a video on the 12th so two three days ago where it's called a new era of making videos online and he talks about and and we've talked about this on the podcast i know brian and i for sure and you and i to an extent uh the difference between the highly polished advertisement style video and the run and gun uh, shaky video, but you know, you're, you're getting a lot of it out there and he actually does, um, it's this quirky coffee maker thing. Yeah. I was just going to say, I I watched that video and it's totally, I mean, one is like, you would imagine this is this coffee maker, you know, they put on this whole production company. Yeah. It's so polished. The lighting's perfect. The well, sound's yeah, perfect. Like and then the other it's one it's is something you'd see off a of TikTok where you filmed it on your phone. Yep. And literally the end is he did a, like a thumbs up at the end, like, you know, kind of like yeah. a goofy. Um, but you know what, uh, you know what I liked about his point that he made is that most people I feel like are saying, Oh, we got to move towards this style or move towards that style or everything's changing now and all Instagram wants is blah, 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 blah. Sure. Instead, he said, how freaking awesome is this? Right. I can create either or both. Right. And I can put this one there and that one there and the Uh other one over there. And I know that TikTok wants just to shoot from the hip. So I'll throw this quickly up there. And I'm going to make a sexy, flashy YouTube thing. So that's going to go there, you know. And so I, I just thought I, I, I almost literally just watched it before we jumped on here. And it just like it just hit me like, finally, he's not bitching about the algorithm changing. Right. You know, or about, instead of saying predict it. instead of saying, woe is me, the algorithm is screwing me over. It's how can I screw yeah. the algorithm? Like what, what right. can I and do to play it. it instead of having it play me? Yeah, and he's got it boiled down to black and white, two styles, and I, and I think he hasn't necessarily done that um, per se. Uh, some things have happened recently with these platforms. Um, the head honcho for Instagram, actually, if you go to his, oh, I can't remember his name, but if you go to his um, um, feed on Instagram, he openly talks about. You know, he basically does everything but 
but come right out and say we are trying to beat tiktok right now you know <laughs> he's just so very clearly like, right shoot from the hip we want fast videos you know and and um so he gives some pretty good insight you know he starts out by saying that instagram is no longer a photo sharing app what like, <laughs> yep obviously i missed <laughs> this literally his words literally his words i'll try to grab the link and we'll, we'll put it in the in the podcast notes uh to um, be fair i mean that's kind of how i've been doing it I'll, i mean yeah solid it's a video sharing solidly 80 percent of my feed is you know little shop updates me talking about i mean they're all videos and then i mean mm-hmm. that's that's kind of my style anyway so maybe i'll be blowing yep. up here soon <laughs> i'm telling you i think you 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 i hope i hope i'm right I believe that you will see a pretty sizable uptick in your follower count. You know, if you are, if you, if you make the decision that it's meaningful enough for you to do it more regularly, Mm -hmm. um, you know, almost daily kind of a thing. Um, Heck, when I, when I string together three posts in a row, three daily posts in a row, I notice an uptick. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's almost literally that, um, that reliable of a metric. See, that's one of the things that I struggle with the most is, you know, most of the times I have these orders and I have a relative, sometimes I have a, you know, I need to have it done by this day or, you know, Hey, it's been X amount of weeks and I need to finish it. So I just get my head buried and finishing it. And then I come up for air and realize, Oh my God, there were like 10 posts I could have made in that. I know I do that too. Yeah, like why didn't I pull my damn right, camera out? Right, you know? and it like, only oh, it only takes you know five minutes to you know think yep. about what you're gonna say, film it real quick, put it up, have a caption, yep. and you're back to work. And don't overthink it, you know. Right. Don't overthink it. That's the big, big, big thing. Right. And also, and this is probably, I'll, I'll end with this thought: is that your audience does not have to know that your feed is a week behind where you are in real life. And it, and it, it does, it also doesn't fucking matter if you do stories and people could realize that from watching your stories, right? Like if you, if you're posting about a project you finished two weeks ago and in your stories, you've already moved on to a whole other project. That's okay. And another thing, Hey, you have a finished product that you're really happy with from a year ago. Repost it pull that baby out right Hells yeah man I, I talked about that on our uh live on saturday about digging that shit out of the graveyard man mm-hmm. i was looking um on instagram i currently have 835 posts oh my god where am i at let's see i could literally start right i could start at the beginning and have over two years worth of content. You have 835, <laughs> and how many years have you been doing it? Oh, gosh. Three or four. Four, I think. I don't know, because Instagram almost makes it hard to go to the beginning of your feed now. Right. But you, you roughly, let's say, four years. I'm roughly two yeah. years, and I'm at 185. So your clip is a lot more quicker than mine. Yeah, I was... I mean, like I said, I was doing two a days there yeah. for a while. That's the know? thing that I really need to buckle down on, especially when I make the switch, is posting yeah. every day and if I can, multiple times. I think, yeah. And like I said, 
it doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be anything. Right. You know, um, some of the shit that I look at that, that blew up and, and got over a hundred thousand views. Um, they are the dumbest damn things sometimes. (laughs) See, that's the thing that I'm learning with TikTok is like, it's, it's the thing that you think is going to flop that ends up hitting hard. And the things that you put in a bunch of time and thinking out and making it perfect, it'll flop like a a fish. Yep. Oh my God. It's dead in the water. (laughs) The the second you squeeze the trigger, man, it's done. (laughs) And, and, and see, that's the problem I think. And that, because you'll find yourself in this weird place like Peter McKinnon talks about between polished videos and real videos. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself debating that. And then like I spend more time editing posts now than I ever have, you know, I, for a while, I didn't even have an editing software. I literally shot it and posted it, right? But if we're going so, back to the conversation we started with or about maybe midway through, you know, it's the people are buying from you for your personality. They're looking for yeah. a window into your shop to see who you yep. are, what you're doing, how it's made. They're not yep. looking for the, you know, the commercial you'd see on TV. They're looking for no. being a fly on your shoulder to see what you're working on. So I, I the lady with this, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with, you know, the less polished, the better. Obviously, yeah. make make your product as polished as possible. But, you know, try to make your post and your updates as real as possible. Yeah. And I, I think you'll find that to be sustainable. And some people, some people really enjoy the editing process. I don't think either is wrong. Um, I think the biggest thing, like, like you say, is to be as real as possible and make sure it's sustainable. Right. Because otherwise you will burn out, you know, like a ball of fire. All right. So February 26, uh, 2018 on that date, I posted my first Instagram post. It was a image of my then logo with my name spelled B E N A J A M I N. But it was literally a year, just over a year until somebody asked me about it. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. <laughs> well, okay, shit, brother. Well, I was gonna say they're gonna start to... thinking they're they're listening to like Joe Rogan or something because we're we're right. We came in here thinking it's gonna be like a quick half hour episode, and we're an hour and a half in. So she came in through the window. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Told you the uh, the butler's taking over the house. So <laughs> we're gonna shut up now and get back to cleaning this fucking shitter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, dude, this was fun. So I much really fun. I loved this. it. It's a great great way to spend an afternoon i hope i don't know when exactly we'll flop this guy out there uh but we'll work with brion house work and get it edited uh however we need to and flop it on up there yeah and dude maybe we'll still make a thursday delivery but we'll do our best I hope everybody out there has an incredible day whatever day it is that this gets out there <laughs> remember if you would care to, we do have a Patreon page and that's uh, patreon.com slash work for it. You can go there. You can find Brian house at uh, house underscore underscore work on Instagram. 
You can find Mr. Brian Cohn at B dot Cone Knives. K O H N, remember. Yeah, B dot K O H N K N I V E S. Yes, sir. And you can find yours truly at Benjamin Butler Company on Instagram as well. We appreciate everybody's support. Yeah, man. Another quick shout out to Jason for holding down the fort with me last night and trying <laughs> to beat the gators off the internet pipes and, and get shit figured out. We'll get, we'll get our poop in a group and uh, get him on here, but yeah, man, really appreciate it, man. For sure. And everybody have a good day and a good night. All right, guys. All right, have a good one. See you guys later. Don't let your meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, all right. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.